welcome to the Journey to Develop Her podcast. As you know, my name is Deontay Chantel. I am a real estate entrepreneur, developer, investor, and realtor. And today I have a very special guest. His name is Hakeem Talaferro. He's one of my good friends, like before social media, before me getting into real estate full-time, he's actually a friend of mine. And welcome to the podcast today, Hakeem. Thank you for having me, sis. I'm so glad to be here. The journey to develop her. Nice. Thank you for coming on. And Hakeem is owner of a luxury fragrance brand. He makes his own fragrances. I remember when I met him years ago, he was launching this company and now he's had so much success. He's been featured in We Buy Black and also in Elle magazine, correct? Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about your brand and how did you even come up with the idea of making a luxury fragrance brand? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for having me and it's an honor to be here to share my story with you and your audience. Honestly, when I first started the perfume company, I was just intending to like make a plug-in. It was just a goal of like making this plug-in and I wasn't going to sell it. It wasn't supposed to be a business. I was just looking for my house to smell great and amazing. So that's kind of like what sparked the idea. And then I started ordering stuff and I started mixing stuff and I saw that there was a demand for some of the products that I was crafting. And I'm like, hold up, you would buy this? I'm like, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. So I started like just kind of creating prices. I ended up creating a logo. And the whole original concept of the company was centered all around this ultra extravagant luxury experience, which was more materialistic, very materialistic to like being able to now where it's more focused on authenticity and crafting fragrances that are based on real life experiences. So my journey along the way has, uh, with the fragrances, with the company, has been representative of my actual walk as a man, just learning who I am and starting to appreciate my value and helping others to see and appreciate their value. So this fragrance brand has not only been a company, it's been my, uh, it's been part of my journey and helping me to discover more about who I am as a person. I'm happy that I was a part of, a little part of the journey. I actually saw you building your brand. You even gave me pointers on the business that I was starting at the time, which was a luxury hair yeah. company at the time. Well, so I before, you know, Elle Magazine and We Buy Black and everybody that knows of your company today, like I saw it in the beginning stages and it was just so profound. What do you call a person that makes perfume? Uh, they call it a perfumer. A perfumer. Like, I've yeah. never known of any black perfumers. And I remember you had, like, meetings with celebrities and you were trying to sell them your perfume or your cologne. And, like, but, and I'm talking about stuff that smells amazing. Like, I even have my own little, well, I need to re-up on mine. But yeah. <laughs> I even have my own perfume that I've purchased from you. And it's truly amazing. And you're truly talented. And uh, I think it's amazing that you were able to turn something that was just like a gift that God gave you, right? Like you like to smell good, you like nice things and you turned it into a business, right? Yeah. You monetize that, so I think that's amazing. And as we know, the Bible says, your gifts will make room for you. Yeah. And 
everybody needs to really tap into what their gifts are. Like, what are you passionate about? What comes natural to you? And use that to monetize, especially if you're looking for a side hustle or a business, or if you're tired of working a nine to five, yeah. I would definitely encourage people to really dig deep and find out, all right, what am I good at? Yeah. I'm natural to me. And can I make some money out of this? And can it help others, right? Yeah. Like, Listen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just, you know, reflecting back on 2011 or yeah. 2012 when I remember you building this brand and this company. And then you went off to do a lot of, I would say, was it motivational speaking? Yeah, yeah, like like inspirational, motivational. Like I went that started that whole journey. Yeah. Yep. And talk to us about your the, the Alpha Talk. Yeah. So the Alpha Talk. So like like she mentioned, like I started the, the perfume company, and I was just literally just trying to create this image, which was very. It was very stressful actually trying to like create this image of luxury and stuff based on what I perceive luxury as being, which was based on mostly materialism, like having a Ferrari, Rolls Royce, you in the ultra extravagant, um, you know, mansion and all that stuff. That was the imagery that I was trying to create. And as I was experiencing, it was causing this mental stress because, because I was not exactly at that point yet, it was making me feel conflicted because I'm on this journey and I'm creating this imagery online, but I'm really stressed out behind the scenes. I'm struggling financially behind the scenes. I don't really feel confident in my product behind the scenes. I'm having these battles behind the scenes, trying to make a better product and encountering closed doors, all these things. So I started to have this journey internally where I'm like, you know what, you know, which is God calling me started to have this journey where I'm starting to look more inward and to question why I see things the way I saw them. And this is what I recall as the beginning of my spiritual journey. And I started to dislike my, I, I would say my eyes were opened. I started to perceive things differently. I was starting to see things going on behind the scenes. It was like the matrix, literally like I was starting to see like, all the facades and like the imagery that was being presented to us to get us to see and feel a certain way. And this is what I was a part of when I created the company, trying to do that same thing, trying to create this imagery, but behind the scenes, it was like a, like, it was a different experience. So I saw that I was not the only one who was waking up. I wanted to, so I want to create, I wanted to create a platform for us to be able to connect and experience this shift together. Back then, the term I used for the shift was, what was it? A, a mass awakening, you know, mass shift of consciousness. This was the terminology I used back then when I, based on my understanding at that time, but this is something that was real for me. And I wanted to have a platform with other people who were going through this experience will be able to relate and talk and talk about what they were experiencing. And that's the birth of Alpha Talk. You know, mm -hmm. it started with just me sharing like uh, dating tips online for men and women, kind of like, it was like a few shifts along the way. It started from that to actually going to a, a focus really on the spiritual aspect of our journey here on earth. Right. And that's where we are today. We've just continued to evolve and focus more so on helping people to know who they really are, to be able to know 
why they're here and also to really encounter other people who were on the same journey because sometimes a lot of us remain stagnant in our journey because we feel we are the only ones like us so we end up being discouraged and some of us end up taking ourselves out you know mm -hmm. so i just wanted to be a person who could be an encourager and let other people know that no you are not alone no you're not the only one experiencing this and there is a path that you can take to understand more about why you're experiencing the things that you are and that's what alpha talk is awesome and i don't think many people realize how hard entrepreneurship like is okay? yeah yeah like harder <clears throat> than a nine to five like mm -hmm. it's harder but it's rewarding yeah you have the freedom to create your own wealth mm-hmm you have to get before you get to the wealth before you get to the bag to save for the wealth you have to get your it's it's i can say this because yeah. <laughs> you know to everyone else i'm a new like i'm new right a lot of people don't know me yeah um on social media we'll say people you know me i know but you don't know me you know people so, know you <laughs> Unless like I've helped them personally in the last yeah. couple of years in real estate, they don't know me. Not on social media anyway. And that's fine. I don't need you to know me. Because my purpose is not for you to know me. I have a, an assignment, right? Yes, amen. But the branding, you know, the theatrics that goes into this presentation, even just to do a podcast, is like it's a lot, right? You have to make sure everything is well put together. This is like a TV show. So we have to make sure everything looks good, sounds good. You have to have marketing. Like I should have had social media posts already posted <laughs> for today. So there's a lot that goes into this, right? Yeah. Um, so people, they don't realize that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with you, talk to us about some of your, I mean, you already kind of said that you know, you were presenting this brand, but you wasn't really living it. And it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. but talk to us about the shift or, or, or are you still in the shift? Like, where are you at mentally? Oh, so mentally, you know, I, I have to humbly admit that I'm just in a totally different space mentally. My, my focus is not on, on like living and presenting myself to be a certain way. It's right. more on my heart now. You know, I'm more so focused on my heart being in the right condition with God, with people, and, and just with myself. So I'm no longer really concerned about the, the outward appearance of things because I understand now there's spiritual realities behind the outward appearance of things. So, I mean, like now my focus is just day by day, uh, just making sure I have the right posture in my own heart. You know, that's, that's kind of like where I'm at now. And because of that, there's been some increases that the Lord has allowed me to experience in this life, you know, and because I understand that at the end of the day, no matter how much I want, it's what he allows to happen. You know, we want big houses. We want big cars. We want these things because we want to be defined by these things. We don't realize it, but we want to be defined by them. We want people to see this, like, let's say, for example, if it's going back to the whole luxury mindset, we want people to see the Rolls Royce and then think of us. We want people to see the mansion and be like, oh, I wonder how what's name is doing. 
it's almost like we want to attach ourselves to that. And now my goal really, honestly, I just want people to attach me to um, someone who loves authentically, someone who encourages authentically, someone who is, who is there, who's consistent. Like it's more so character that is really my focus now. That's like where I'm at. I agree. And integrity, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> but what I was going to say was, and it's okay to think about luxury, right? Yeah. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to have everything, but he also wants us to do what he told us to do, right? Absolutely. And to glorify him in everything that we do. So I'm happy that you were able to turn the, the, the Alpha Talk brand around. And I see you now. If I catch you, you're preaching on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I'm like, wow, look at this young man that I knew from back in the days. Yeah. Um, different mindset. I don't think we ever spoke about religion back in the days at all. So I'm happy that you, see, it's there, but it's not coming out. Happy that you changed your uh, mindset. Mm -hmm. I want to say you started following Christ. And um, when exactly did, did this shift happen for you? As far as me following Christ, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I have to, I have to say it really started like around early 2015. It was he was calling me. There was some experiences that I had. One of those experiences I'll share. I um, because this is what was like the light bulb moment for me. Okay. I remember I was in the back of a store that I had my products in, and I was literally staying in that store because I didn't have another place to stay, mm. and. I was laying on the floor and I'm like, yo, like what is going on? Like, you know, like, why do I feel this way? Why is my life this way? And I was really down and I was like, I don't understand it. I don't understand. I was frustrated and I started to like, just kind of cry out. And then what I used to do back then before I really had a relationship with God is Whenever I would go into those moments, I would type in random Bible scripture, or it was like a, a website called BibleDice.com. Like I said, this is before I met Christ. I would type in the website BibleDice.com, and it would pop up a random scripture on the internet based on, you know, just a random algorithm, whatever that system had. Mm -hmm. So I, I was in, going through that moment, and I typed in, I went to BibleDice.com, and what came up was the parable of the sower of the seed. And I read this, and for those of you who are familiar with the parable of the sower of the seed, it's the Lord talking about how the word goes forth in different places. And based on that person's heart condition, it either they're either keeping the word or they're losing the word. You know, so that mm -hmm. parable of the sower of the seed, like in that moment when I read it, it clicked. I would say that was like the defining moment for me really becoming aware that Christ was calling me and that he was the answer to all of my burdens, all of my stresses, all of my concerns. And literally when that light bulb went off in my head in the, in, in the here on earth, right? Because I'm, this is crazy. The door opened out of nowhere. I'm like, I told you I was laying on the floor and that happened. The light bulb went off in my head. And it was like a click, I call it a click in my spirit, where I just knew that that was truth. I knew that I was the seed that was scattered on shallow soil because I had no roots. I didn't have roots. I was like, that's me. I'm the shallow soil. Wow, that's where I'm at right now. And when that clicked, 
that's when that door opened. And I was like, and to me, it was almost like I perceived it as like God saying, that's right, come on in my son, walk through the door, you know, like kind of like, like that invitation to walk with him. And, and, and from then on, I started to like see things happen in my life. I met my wife and her family, and that was definitely like a, just a continual up and up as far as me just coming to know who the Lord is and his purpose for my life. It was, it was experiences that I had before. I always thought of Christianity as being like controlled, like they try to like lock down your mind. And, you know, I used to, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I used to see Christianity as people like where I saw them as like, what is it? Um, they're like, they're not woke. You know, they're not aware of what's really going on behind the scenes. I used to think that they were, pro they were the problem in the matrix. Mm. And I used to feel like I was woke. Enemy will have you thinking that, right? And yeah. I, so I'm glad that you woke now. <laughs> yeah, you're woke. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I never went through that personally. I've, you know, I'm not gonna say I grew up in a church, but I used to go to church with my grandmother. So I was around the Holy Spirit a lot as a kid. Mm -hmm. And you know, my grandmother's prayers, they cover me to this day, and I know that. And you know at least through like four times minimum before I even fully started living. Cause I always knew I was saved. Like I, I was a follower of Christ or I was a believer in Christ. Cause there's a difference between a believer, a disciple and a follower. All of those are diff different. So I always believed in Jesus, right? But I wasn't really living mm. like a follower or a believer, like, like a disciple, like somebody that really followed him. Mm. And some of the disciples wasn't good either. But bottom line is, mm -hmm. I always felt like I had this calling on my life, even when I didn't realize it. I always had these moments where I wanted to practice abstinence. Like, it was like God would tell me, stop having sex. You know, the enemy tried to defile you from a younger age. Like, this is not what I wanted for you. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about also how the enemy... And I've even told you this, like, I felt like the enemy put a muzzle mm. on my mouth, right? And he yeah. sent many assignments and many distractions mm. to deter me from my calling in many ways. And many of you may and may not know that, you know, my dad was a real estate entrepreneur, investor, mm. mortgage broker, all of these things. And he had nothing to do with my upbringing. Like, wow. I know who he was, but... Wow. He didn't raise me. Like, he didn't teach me anything about real estate. And so that right there, you it's just when I think about it at night, I'm like, wow. Like, But wow. God still called that on my life, no matter what. Like, he made a way for me to find out about what it is and how it works and how I could use it to help the people of his kingdom, right? No yeah. matter what. Mm -hmm. No matter if my father wasn't there or not. No matter if the devil or the enemy tried to um, make sure I didn't get that information, God made sure he put me, he divinely put me in places and near people that could help me hmm. who I am today, right? Yeah. I think that's so profound. And again, I felt like the, the enemy had a muzzle in my mouth. Like I always, I was talkative, but I was scared to talk. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I could be honest about that. I was shy. I was insane. Like when I met you, I was working at AT&T. I was like 19, 20, 21. Hmm. However, 
it wasn't that hard to work at AT and T. We had the only i. We was the only one selling the iPhone besides yeah. Apple. Right? So yeah, it wasn't yeah. hard to sell. Like yeah. it, it was walking in the door, getting yeah. calls. Period. So, but I was I was a shy person, and people always ask me like, "How you were a model? How were you shy?" I don't know. But when it, it came for me to talk to people, I felt like I had a muzzle in my mouth. And the enemy also knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And now, within the last couple of years, I've been tested in the courtroom so many times by by another assignment. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, could I have really done this? Like, could I have been a lawyer in the courtroom defending wow. anybody? Because I can't even handle this pressure. Mm-hmm. And when it came to even me... Um, getting on social media, doing a live video, whatever, talking to people about why they should even invest in my project. I just felt like the enemy had a muzzle in my mouth. Yeah. yeah. And let's talk about your opinions about that as a whole. Yeah. Have you ever felt like you had a muzzle in your mouth? Oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. I've battled with that for a very large portion of my life, feeling like I was insignificant, feeling like I wasn't a talented person, like I wasn't a gifted communicator. And it took me years and years of experiences feeling like I was not enough and like I didn't have value to be able to come and meet someone who was it? One of I call her like one of my mentors. Like God sent her to me at a very important time in my life where I was able to actually learn how to be an entrepreneur how I was able to communicate more effectively. And like those conversations that I had with my mentor, her name was Esmond or whatever, those conversations that I had with her at that time were very, I'm gonna be honest with you, they were painful, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I started to see growth in myself. And a lot of the times growth isn't always attractive. It isn't always like a rub on the shoulder. It's sometimes it's a digging. So when she, started to, because I'm talking about the muzzle and building up to it. Right. She told me, you know, that I didn't, what was it? You know, she told me that I didn't like articulate well and that like she basically like compared me to my brother. Mm-hmm. Everything, like, I'm mad love for her, like I'm mad love for her, but I'm just sharing the truth of my journey. She had compared me to my brother who I feel is a very polished communicator. And from that, point on I always became so self-conscious of my speech and how I come off to people and I remember that conversation when she said I was like I didn't articulate well and whatever else like I remember that conversation and from then on I decided that I would intentionally become a great communicator and that got tested you know that got tested you know all throughout the years and it was not just recent, it was not really until recently where I was able to really understand what the enemy was trying to do with the whole muzzle situation was to get me to feel as though what I was saying was more important than what God was saying. Mm. This is what the enemy does with the muzzle. He tries to get you to become so self-consumed with your speech that you are not aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying. So it's a disconnect. Because I, what the Lord really wants is for us to be like this with him. But what happens is we become so aware of how we sound, so we start going up. We start going up, right? And then we're like, oh, snap, did I sound right? And the Holy Spirit's back like here. Like, hold on, stay right here. Don't worry about how you sound. Stay, flow with me. So it's like 
the enemy wants you to focus on you. And he did the same thing to Moses. And I'm going to touch on that real briefly. Like the muzzle of Satan, it's really an entrapment to keep you from being able to release what the Lord wants. And the example I have of this is just this morning, my wife, she works in home. She's a, she's a recruiter. And when she was getting on the conference line, I heard it say, you've been muted until the host comes. And it was like in a spirit, I was hearing, wow, you've been, you know, you've been muted until the host comes. So it's almost like what the enemy does, he tries to mute your mouth so that he can tell you when to speak rather than God telling you when to speak. And that's how a lot of us are kept captive and kept in some positions from being able to speak over our own lives first and then other people's lives. So if the enemy isn't able to, if he's able to keep you from speaking over your life, he, he will definitely keep you from speaking over others' life. And he really does this with people who have assignments to lead what I call trendsetters. Right. This, he, he tries to mute the trendsetters because they are the influencers who influence the influencers. So kind of like that. So Moses, going back to Moses, when the Lord had gave him that assignment said, go tell my people, you know, go tell this Pharaoh and so forth. The, uh, immediately Moses started to focus on his own deficiencies. This is what the enemy does. He always gets you to look at you, not at God's power. Look at you. So anyway, Moses is like, oh, you know, this and that. And then he finally came to the part where he said, you know, I'm slow of tongue. Now I'm going to clarify something because a lot of people think that Moses had a stuttering problem. Moses did not have a stuttering problem. When he said slow of tongue, he was referring to the native language of the Hebrews. It's the, in modern day sense, it would be like, imagine God calls you to go speak to the Spanish people. And if you don't speak Spanish, you're going to be like, hold on, I don't even know Spanish. So that's the modern day equivalent of what uh, the Lord was saying to Moses. Right. He's basically saying like, Moses, go speak to the, these people and, and X, Y, Z. But Moses was focused on his own deficiency. In which I could understand it, but the Lord has saw the power that he could place on Moses. And this is what he wants to do to us. He wants to place his power on us. But we oftentimes feel as though our power, like we want our own power. Mm -hmm. I'm still talking about the muzzle here. Yeah. We want our own power so that we don't learn how to become dependent on his spirit. You know, because this is really what the muzzle is, is to hinge, it's really to quench the spirit. It's not to mute Jesus. It's not to mute you. It's to mute the spirit. You know, we think that the, the enemy is really after us. He's after your mouth because that's mm -hmm. what the spirit manifests through. So when we look, when we move to the New Testament, you know, because I'm still defeating this whole stuttering problem that a lot of preachers and other teachers, you know, unknowingly, ascribed to Moses because he was not, he was not a stutterer. He did not have a speech right. problem. Um, right. Paul said that he was mighty in word and in deed. He, he was also very learned in all the arts of the Egyptians. So he was very astute in his learning. He was actually a scholar. So when we, <laughs> you know, like when, when we sometimes look at what the, you know, when we're looking at what the Lord is doing, 
when we're looking at what the Lord is doing, sometimes we'll get distracted what the Lord wants us to do. And what I mean by that is we're focused on like, like our part and not his part in us. Right. You know, and, and the muscle, it literally, it arrests you. It arrests your development because you're not able to speak over your, your finances. You're not mm -hmm. able to speak over your, your home situation, your marriage, relationships with friends and family, your career. It arrests you because it literally makes you feel as though you're not operating in purpose. And, and really, like, you know, before we even get off this message, I just want to just declare some things over those who may have suffered from this. Because I'm going to decree and declare that the Lord will be the, he would be Lord over your tongue, over your speech. Yeah. He'll be Lord over every aspect of your life, over your relationship, over your finances, over your business, over your uh, marriage, over everything that he has assigned you to in his life. But I know I went off on a deep end with the whole muzzle thing, but the reason why is because I think that a lot of gifted orators who the Lord has called to speak to the influencers are silenced by this wicked entrapment of Satan. By getting them to feel as though they're not great communicators, by getting them to become out of sync with their study of the word of God, because they feel as though, is God really speaking to me? So, like, I pray that those of you who have been dealing with muzzle, you understand that the word of God is powerful. And if you learn how to surrender your tongue to the spirit of the Lord, you will see mighty changes in your life. Right. And I was reading the information you sent me on the muzzle. And let's talk about what the muzzle was actually designed for. What was the, so tell us, what is the muzzle actually designed for? So the muzzle is actually a device used for dogs that tend to be very aggressive. So a owner will get a muzzle because he doesn't want that dog to bite or or intimidate anybody else. So it literally hinders a dog from being able to like, literally like he can't take his mouth out of the muzzle. And this is something that's used supposedly for dogs that can't be controlled. Mm. So if you relate this to, to the, you know, to the spiritual aspect, the, if the enemy can't control you, your body, he'll try to control your mouth. So he can't, so that your most effective or dangerous part is contained. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, when I read that, I was like, wow. And also, I, I can't remember what else I read. But again, if you have that calling on your life, and the enemy knows everything you declare over your life, all your wants, your desires, just like God does, right? Mm -hmm. So if the enemy knows like what, how powerful you will become by using your mouth to bring more people to Christ or to do the work of God, he's definitely going to put that muzzle in your mouth. Yeah, so, oh, I'm about you know, so he's definitely going to put that muzzle in your mouth to deter you from what you were called to do from, from what your actual assignment is, you know, and again, in many forms and fashions in my life, my, I, I need my mouth. Like I need to be able to articulate, mm -hmm. um, for injustice, like, you know, mm -hmm. originally when I wanted to be a lawyer, I wanted to be a civil rights attorney. Mm, wow. Wow. to defend individuals that were in jail or prison for 
um, crimes they didn't commit, right? So I would have needed that must. I would have needed that muzzle off my mouth to actually operate in my calling. And who knows? I might still do it. But even in real estate, I have to use my mouth. This yeah. real estate is more than just buying properties. It's actually political. Like as a realtor, I'm an advocate for people that live in shelters, people that get discriminated for bad credit, for different things. So I have to be able to articulate that with confidence, right? Yeah. So I just realized how like the enemy really tried to set me up, but it, it's been preyed off of my life because now I'm executing. And hey. I some credit to one of God's um, very own, I did a, like a mentorship on confidence. Well, it was a spiritual mentorship, but it was on, one was on discipline and one was on confidence. And... I, I want to say Moses was probably a story we read, but we, of course, we read about whoever God called us to be. Yeah, and he's he. You have to really listen for his voice, right, and for his the patterns of God mm-hmm. that and read the word because it's all in the Bible. There's so yeah. many stories in the Bible. Yeah, we can relate to like no one's perfect in the Bible. They all fell short. Every last single one of them. Maybe not Joseph, but everybody else fell short. Mm-hmm. But those stories are made, they were recorded for us to be able to go back and use it as an example for our lives. So we're feeling like um, we're not good enough. We have that imposter syndrome. We have Mm -hmm. the enemy telling us, you're not worthy. We need to pick up the Bible, Google where it is in the Bible, if you don't know the Bible, and really connect and apply what you're reading to your life. Yeah. And I personally had to do it firsthand. And again, I'm 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 still a toddler in Christ. I like to say newborn baby, but it, that mentorship really opened up my eyes. Like, wow, all the time I, I felt defeated. The enemy was really playing a trick on me. Like he really had me thinking that I wasn't worthy. Mm-hmm. I was like, how? But yeah. God, God already gave me that provision that he wanted me to do X, Y, and Z. The enemy will literally talk you out of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And what I also loved about that mentorship was that she made you go on social media mm-hmm. and talk about God. Mm. And I'm like, wow, I gotta go online and preach. Like I'm not like, I don't know, I don't know the Bible. I, to this day, I don't really know all the the um stories of the Bible, right? So I'm like, wow, I gotta go online and, and talk about the Bible. But when I did it, I felt like I was stretching myself. And when I did it, I realized, wow, I could talk about anything now. Like when you go yeah. on there and talk about the Bible stories and how it relates to your life and give your testimony and, you know, open up that can of worms for everybody to know and be vulnerable. Everybody knows your business. Yeah. It's much easier for me to go online and talk about real estate. Talk yeah. about anything. Yeah. And I just talked about a story in the Bible. So yeah. that, um, mentorship really helped me with getting the muzzle off of my mouth, like a great deal. And also building up the self-confidence. I mean, it wasn't that I didn't think I was pretty, but Again, the enemy gets in your mind and say, you're not worthy. Nobody wants to hear you talk. You're not smart enough. Like he'll say anything just to distract you from your assignment and what God called you to do. Yeah. So. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I just wanted to like add something. The enemy, uh, the enemy is not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. You know, he is not God. So um, a lot of people may feel as though the enemy knows everything about you. He doesn't know everything about you. He can get, it's kind of like a, it's like picture, like, okay, we talk about fragrances. So, you know, I make fragrances. So the enemy doesn't know everything about you, but he can smell certain fragrances based on studying your generations. 
He studied your father, so he can look at the trends. He studied your grandfather. He can look at the patterns, the trends, the habits. So he has, because he, he's a spirit, you know, he, he doesn't sleep. So he has his minions, his henchmen, they're able to study you in your generation and your, 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 your heritage. So he's, that's how he's able to predict. That's why he, he's not a mission, you know? And I just wanted to encourage those of you who may feel like the enemy's always like after you. He knows everything you're doing. No, he doesn't know everything you're doing. He can only go by some of the things that we do, he, like our habits and, you know, the things that we, we may not be aware of. And honestly, this whole journey that I've had as far as um, coming to like where I'm at now, which is just such an appreciation for the Lord and, and, and for what he's doing in my business and my relationships and so forth, is by just deferring everything to him. You know, like I used to be so worried about how I sound and stuff. And while I do want to exercise my gift and stretch it and of course continue to become more and more effective, I really want to get the glory through my speech, through my actions, through my living, through my marriage, through my children and so forth um through my business because i realized he can take care of it better than i can <laughs> you know what i'm saying so, like, you know i used to worry so much about trying to manage stuff you know one of the scriptures i was reading just yesterday psalm 37 it talks about uh, commit your ways to the lord and trust in him you know and the word commit actually means to roll away it means to release and trust means to confidently hope in Wow. So what the Lord is saying to me when he was sharing that with me is the more I release and confidently trust and hope in him, my life is, you know, I will experience battles. We all experience battles. We'll experience some tension, but the Lord will give you insight. And he'll help you to be able to overcome these things. You know, I, I believe that the Lord has assigned me to people who have suffered tremendous loss and have experienced trauma in their lives. I believe that the Lord has called me to encourage and to minister to them and to let them know that the Lord sees them as an overcomer. You know, if you're listening to this right now, if you're in the midst of this conversation, the Lord sees you are an overcomer. That means that there are things that you will get through by his spirit only by his spirit you can't do it with human wisdom you can't do it by studying you can't do it by having a crowd around you it's going to be things that he's going to help you to overcome by his spirit yep you were the first first to become married in your family yep you were the first to become um, financially stable in your family yep you were the first millionaire you were the first homeowner you were the first to just have a, a, a right frame of thinking Mm. You were the first for many things, and I believe the Lord wants you to know that you are an overcomer, and that's the reason why your battles have been this way, is because he's, he's positioning you to be the first, and there are people who are watching you, they may not even know that they're impacted by you, but they are impacted by you, and they, you'll, there are certain things you'll never know until you are in the full presence of God. And he's going to show you the people that were affected. Their walk and their um, trust in him was affected by seeing you. Ooh, preach. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so profound. And 
people don't realize when they feel like they're being tested and they feel like they're being stretched mm -hmm. and everything is going wrong and they know they're on the break of greatness just yeah. keep going yeah. almost there mm -hmm. like all of those distractions were just sent to distract you right they were yeah. just sent to make you give up and give in but keep going because you're you're literally almost there yeah yeah and on the, other, the blessing is on the other side mm -hmm. imagine where you would be if you gave up Never and, and i think about that for myself like yeah, I gotta give up so many times. Not just saying like, oh, when am I? Not in the sense of not being on this earth, but just giving up on yeah. what is my purpose, right? Yeah. So we just have to keep going, keep pushing, seeking God first. Like, I'll, reading your Bible, like, oh my goodness, the Bible is so good. Like, I don't even watch TV anymore. Everything yeah. is God and real estate, right? Yeah. The Bible is so good. There's so much wisdom in the bible people ask me what books do you read the bible like how do you know <laughs> real estate because i've been reading the bible like there's so much wisdom in there i might start doing like a journey to jesus segment mm. this is probably wow. the journey to jesus segment of journey to developer because many don't realize like i had to be restored god has to restore yeah. me even to present myself to you guys i had to be developed so that developer was me. That's me. It's outside of being a real estate developer. I had to be in development, restored. God literally gave me beauty for ashes. Like that's like my favorite verse in the Bible. But that that's, that message is about restoration. Yeah. Being restored, being developed. And that's spiritually being developed, financially, emotionally, you know, as we focus on this podcast and talk and, and bridging it together, you know, we're, we're talking about self-development, wealth development, yeah. personal development, but spiritual development is more important than anything else. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be able to manage anything that I do if I wasn't spiritually inclined with what God wanted me to do. Like he literally, once you even become spiritually inclined and connected to God, yeah. and you now he literally will give you spiritual downloads mm. like he literally will tell you what to do trust me i, I have dreams <laughs> he tells me what to do so mm. just don't get it they think it's, it's a game it's a hoax it's like we're talking to santa claus i don't know what they're thinking but god is so real and i pray that he he becomes present in your life for those who are listening yeah. Even if you think you have a relationship with him, I hope that you get a greater one with him. I hope that you really seek and dwell in his presence. I hope that you meditate to his word. Mm -hmm. um, even if you have to start reading a chapter a day, a verse a day, whatever it may be. Even if you have to listen to it, like audibly on a lot of these apps, they have it where you can just listen to it. Yeah. But the best way for me now is by reading it. And yeah. We have different translations. I know King James is not the easiest translation. I know that's what that was my excuse for many years. But they have so many translations. They have, and they're they're really great. Like it's like somebody mm -hmm. talking to you if you go to certain ones. <laughs> like the message version is the ghetto version to me. But whatever, read it. Mm -hmm. Read it. Dwell in it. 
understand it, apply it to your life, which you're reading, except for, you know, the multiple marriages and wives in the story, but <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. But everything else, they all, all of those stories have a message. And last but not least, because mm -hmm. we kind of, we merge your business and we merge talking about the muzzle, but talk to them briefly about how important it is to be a kingdom entrepreneur yeah. and for me that don't know explain to them what a kingdom entrepreneur is to you yeah sure so I'll, I'll talk about the transition from what i label myself as a conscious entrepreneur to then becoming a social entrepreneur to now i consider myself a kingdom entrepreneur so it was a graduation so what a kingdom entrepreneur really is is a person who literally lives by Matthew 6.33, which states, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So when you are a kingdom entrepreneur, you are a person who you create a product or a service, and this product or service is given to you under the inspiration of the Lord, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So you're creating products, you're creating services, but you're not just like doing things randomly. You're in fellowship with the Lord day by day, saying like, Lord, okay, what would you like me to do? Okay, do you want me to launch this project? Okay, do you want me to reach out to this person? Like kingdom entrepreneurship is, is like, it's literally, it's when the business literally serves God and his purposes. It serves God and his purposes. And it goes from being a focus on just trying to generate income, generate income to really like, like what she mentioned as far as helping people to be restored. Like how can your product or service help to restore people? You may say, oh, but I'm just making cookies. How can I, how can my business help restore people? You can have little thank you notes on the cookies and it could say something like, you know, it could either be just words of encouragement. Hi, have a great day. You matter. Um, you know, you, you have a purpose, you're here for more. What else? If you, you say, okay, Hakeem, I don't know how I can do that. I'll only, I, I, I do real estate, you know, how can I invite God to my business? Well, perfect example. You could become a person who becomes the, the, the connection. There are people who don't have access to resources. You can be that connected, that person like, okay, I'm looking for this type of apartment, but I have a hard time financially. You could become that person who becomes the bridge either to them be building their income or to being connected to people who can help them to move into the place. So there's different ways that the Lord, like when you become a kingdom entrepreneur, there are ways that he will lead you along the way. And there are things that he may do or, or instruct you to do that may be uncomfortable, but he always has the bigger vision in mind for your business, for your entrepreneurship. And maybe in the podcast, we can talk about the different types of entrepreneurship because a lot of people think of entrepreneur as being the only type of way to generate income. You have infopreneurs, in, um, intrapreneurs, and entrepreneurs, but that's a whole different conversation. Come on, your, how can everyone get in contact with you to buy your perfume and cologne and to connect with you in general? Yeah, sure. So you can visit the website. It's thetelefaro.com. I, I think I have it. So what I will do is I will put your website okay. and give them your name on Instagram so they can actually support your brand 
And again, his brand was featured on NL Magazine and also on We Buy Black's platform. So, and it's amazing. Like I literally bought some for my fiance and all the other guys I used to be. They literally, <laughs> they had it as well, some of them. And it's great. Like they loved it. I love it. So Hakeem is talented and he's a man of God and we have to support his business. And thank you so much for coming on the, the yeah. Gen to Developer podcast today. We love you. We support you. We honor you. And thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on, guys. Thank you for here, being here with us. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later.